0: Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that, right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So I think it's important as private school leaders for us to know our strengths and our weaknesses. And I wanted to share with you that one of my weaknesses is actually that I'm not strong in finance and uh, budgeting. Um, and I actually earned an associate's degree in business administration while I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And most of the way through my freshman year, I figured out I wanted to be a teacher. And, you know, so I finished up that business administration degree. And you would think that somebody that, um, you know, before I got my bachelor's in education and then uh, several years later, I got a master's in organizational leadership. But back at the beginning, you know, we're talking mid-80s when I graduated from high school Got that business administration associate's degree. And you would think that someone that learned that stuff would, uh, you know, be pretty good with finance and budget creation and accrual based accounting and um, expense reports and all that kind of stuff. And that's never been a strength of mine. Um, The only D I ever got in college was freshman year in accounting 101, if that tells you anything. But, um, you know, my. When I was ahead of school for twenty one years, I mean, it was ultimately my responsibility to make payroll and the fundraising and keeping the bills paid and the lights on and you know the budget balanced and you know the uh, trying to put some some uh, money into a capital um, account for, you know, future, improvements and things of that nature. So, you know, I made do. Um, I kind of leaned on my, well, first of all, I faked it until I made it. Fake it till you make it. Um, I leaned on my board president who was strong in that area and also our school accountant. But I actually think that this is really common among private school leaders, much more common than we would think, because most of us went to school to become educators, not accountants. And in my experience, there's a healthy percentage of non-financial heads of school and principals out there. And so on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to simplify things about our schools as businesses. And the title of today's episode is Business Made Simple for Non-Financial School Leaders. So before we get into that, I just wanted to let you know that if you've gotten any value from listening to the podcast, I'd love to work with you one-on-one. I would love to take my experience and help you feel less overwhelmed and frustrated or help you have success if you're a brand new leader. Um, And I also work with private school leaders who are aspiring heads of school and want to accelerate their leadership growth and or experienced leaders that are moving on to a new school and wanna get off to a great start. And so I I do one-on-one coaching, And if I'm describing you, then you can head over to theprivateschoolleader.com slash coaching to learn more about working with me one-on-one. And that's theprivateschoolleader.com slash coaching. And I'd love to hear from you if you have gotten um, a new strategy from this podcast or if you're experiencing a pain point. My email is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And also wherever you listen to the podcast, just would love to ask a favor. If you would write a review and rate the podcast, because that helps the algorithm push it out as suggested content for leaders all over the world. We have one guy that's a, a, a principal in Mongolia that listens to the podcast. And so Um, 50 countries, the word is getting out of these strategies and just trying to give some encouragement and some inspiration and some professional development. And so just, just one way to help spread the word is to write a review and also to share it with another leader, an aspiring leader in your life. So thank you for doing that. Thank you as always for listening to the podcast and taking time out of your busy schedule. So I said that today's episode is titled Business Made Simple for Non Financial School Leaders. I also mentioned that I have an associate's degree in business administration. And so I want to tell you that there is a book that I would say, actually, I'm going to mention two books, but there are two books that I would say, if you read those books and apply what you learn in those two books, that it's probably the equivalent or more than I learned. And my associate's degree, two years of business administration. And so the book, it's called Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. I will link it in the show notes. Um, and it is a book um, that just is what it says. It is tries to simplify um, all of the sometimes complicated aspects of, of business. We're going to try and do that on the podcast here today as it relates to your school. But it is a wealth of information. It's an easy read. It's broken down into a format where there's, um, kind of like almost like lessons, like 60, uh, 60 mini lessons and like a thought of the day. Um, so long story short, I will link that in the show notes. And then the second book that I mentioned, and I'll mention it again later is called building a story brand. And it's also by Donald Miller. And, um, I strongly believe that every, um, marketing or family engagement coordinator at every school should uh, that should be required reading. So I'll link those two books in the show notes and um, I actually did an episode on that um, story brand um, book back in episode 20 and I'll link that in the show notes too all the show notes for today's episode can be found at the slash episode 65. So let's talk about how we can make, the business of your school, make it simple. And so I'm a big believer in analogies. And in his book, Donald Miller's book, Business Made Simple, there's a chapter in that book where he uses the analogy of an airplane, a, um, an airliner, a big one with two engines. Um, and you've all, we've all flown on them We all are amazed by how this big thing can get off the ground, but what he does is he takes the six main parts of that airplane and uses the analogy to teach how they are vital to ensure that our business, our school is functioning well, and so what we're going to do on today's episode is I'm just going to take them one by one and talk about them and then apply them to your school, your school as a business. Because I know sometimes we as school leaders, you know, and depending on your role, especially if you're head of school, you know, you, it stops with you and your finance person, your, your board president. Um, that's a big responsibility that when payroll's coming and you're wondering if you have enough money to make payroll, if the, the energy bill is due, um, all of those stresses, I went through that for 21 years. So I I feel your pain. I know what that's like, but I also know what it's like to not feel comfortable with finance and budgeting and um, payroll and accrual-based accounting and all of these things. And so we're gonna take this quick little journey together, try to make it simple, and then you know if you want to you can dig a little deeper by um, you know maybe buying that book if you if you choose to. But if not, I think you're gonna get a lot of value out of today's episode. So here we go. First of all, let's talk about the cockpit. All right. And we know who sits in the cockpit. That's the pilot. And that's the leadership of your school. So that's you. That's you. That's your board president. That's your leadership team. But you're only going to reach your intended destination with a pilot or pilots that are in the cockpit that have the right heading. And so, for example, as the leader, if, or as the pilot, if you have a heading, you're taken off from LaGuardia in New York City and you want to land at LAX, 3,000 miles away, and your heading is off by a few degrees, you're not landing at LAX. You might land in Seattle. And so some of this has to do with, vision, and mission, and intentionality, and the direction of your school, and you being able to see further than anyone, see things sooner, and to pivot and make decisions, um, to make sure that your school stays on course. You get all the analogies, but they're all very, very true. Somebody has to be flying the plane. Somebody has to be ultimately responsible for this business, for your school as a business. Your school is gonna crash or thrive based on the strength of your leadership and your leadership team. And so one thing that you need to do is to continue to grow your leadership And you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if that wasn't important to you. There are tons of resources I already mentioned at com slash resources. This is episode 60. So there's over 30 hours of content on this podcast for you to listen to, to grow as a leader. So that's one thing is for you to continue to grow. But another is to use um, frameworks and systems and, you know in the, in the early nineties, um, you know, I became a school leader in 1991, you know, we didn't have facts, um, tuition program where everything was an auto deduction, you know, everything was being sent in by checks and, you know, it, so there are systems, there's ADP out there. There's, you know, there's a lot of things now that are, um, systematized to make all of this smoother. Um, and so, You know, lean into those frameworks and those systems. Um, And you are more likely to be able to keep the plane flying, keep the plane on course, and to keep everything moving in the right direction. So the cockpit, the pilot, the leadership. Okay, so then let's think about this for a minute. I just think it's amazing that these jets can even get off the ground. And so you picture one of those big airbuses, two engines i was looking this up and between 300,000 and 700,000 pounds that, that that's unbelievable that that can fly so how does that get up into the air well we know that it has to do with engines with thrust and wings with lift and fuel and all of those things working in concert And that's the analogy of how your school as a business is going to operate. And so let's take them one at a time, just like Donald Miller does in in his book. And so let's talk about the engine. So the engines provide thrust to push the plane forward. And then we're going to talk about wings in a few minutes. And, of course, the wings provide lift. But, again, if you're thinking of your school as a business and the analogy is the airplane – You're the leader, you're the pilot. So let's talk about the right engine. The right engine, marketing, okay? And I think that as school leaders, sometimes we overlook marketing because we just focus so much on the day-to-day and we focus so much on are the teachers differentiating? um, What's the classroom procedures like? What's the classroom management like? um, What are the parents? doing what are they upset about like all of those kinds of things and here's the thing depending on the size of your school and i know that in our audience we have all different school sizes it might just be you you might be a one person team but it also could be that you have a leadership team and you have an advancement team with a director of development and a enrollment management director and a you know um, communications and, and marketing director, but whatever you have or don't have, it is ultimately your responsibility to make sure that the messaging of your school, what makes your school different, what makes your school enticing, and what makes your school uh, such that people would want to come to your school, would want to flock to your school, that that's your responsibility. And so the one the right engine is marketing and a solid strategy, marketing strategy, well-executed, can really thrust your school as a business into the future to new heights. Let's keep going with our airplane analogy, but you might be like, well, how, how do I do that? You know, we don't have that many kids in our area and the public schools are really good, and the other private schools around us are really good, but okay, first of all, we need to make sure we're not making too many excuses, okay, but second of all, you need to remember that those schools, even if that's true, they're not you. There's something about you and your school that's unique, and you need to lean into that and have that be the thing that you lead with is what makes you different. What is your value proposition, but also what is the thing that is the differentiating factor for your school, because there are parents out there that want that experience for their children. And the marketing is what connects the people in the region who are within a distance that's reasonable to get to your school, connects them with your school. And so the first step in a successful, in successful marketing is to just get really clear on your brand and your messaging and how to channel that message. And that's where, um, that second book that I mentioned comes in story, building a story brand by Donald Miller. As I said, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, and it is, um, it was the topic of episode 20 where I did an episode on, um, Using the power of storytelling to significantly increase student retention, and so you know you don't have to buy the book. Um, you can you know it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But um, I'm just uh, you, you know you listen to that episode 20, you're going to get the gist of um, kind of the um, the the way to use the power of storytelling to sharpen your brand messaging and and channel that message and ways to get it out there is it your website is it through um, you know going to preschools like all the different kinds of things that are specific to your area um, but just to generate some ideas so we've got so far the cockpit that's you as the pilot we've got the right engine which is marketing and now we've got the left engine which is sales and fundraising so I said before that engines thrust the plane forward, and so on the right side you've got marketing, your your messaging, your branding, you're communicating, you know, trying to get kids in the door, and on the left side your left engine you've got sales and fundraising. Where you're like sales, we're not. What are we selling? Well, you're selling a a a service, okay, and in order for your business, your school as a business, to succeed. You need to make sure that the right engine marketing and your left engine sales of your service, because when people enroll and they pay tuition, they're paying for a service. That's the business part of your school. You need to make sure that that marketing sales synchronicity, that it's working perfectly. And so I got a couple of things when it comes to, you know, income, you know, money coming in to your school because that's really what we're talking about with this left engine. And so the first is recruitment, getting kids, getting kids in the door. And so that's where marketing and recruiting work hand in hand. Um, and, and, you know, I'll maybe I'll do an upcoming episode on, re, on recruitment, but um, suffice to say that when you get clear in your messaging and then you're getting that messaging out there, um, that that's the first step. Um, another big step is to do a great job and have a great reputation. And so I know that there are a lot of things that are challenges right now um, financially and uh, culturally and, and in many other ways. But ultimately, um, you as the leader of that school, you're going to make sure that your school distinguishes itself in a variety of ways. So recruitment. Recruitment. Retention. I just think that retention is such an important part of our schools that you need to be tracking it. If NAIS says that 92% retention rate is the sign of a healthy school, 92% or higher, do you know your retention rate? Do you know your retention rate in each grade? Do you see trends? Do all of your teachers and all of your staff members know that retention is everybody's responsibility? Um, I've done a few episodes on retention. I'm passionate about it. Um, We had a retention crisis in the summer of 2014. We were able to turn that around. And, um, you know, I did an episode on it. I'll link it in the show notes about um, eight retention strategies that actually work. So um, recruitment, retention, and then there's fundraising. And so that gap between tuition, um, the uh, the cost of educating a student, typically there's a gap between tuition and the cost of, uh, educating each student. And so that gap is closed by fundraising. And so you have to figure out what that is. How much do I need? How much does our school as a business need? And then where's that money going to come from? What, how are we going to fundraise? Are we going to think small? Or are we going to think big? Are we going to do events? Are we going to sell things? So again, that's a lot. That's a lot to carry. Um, I want to say that i was ahead of school for probably a decade um, before we had our first um, development director and and it's hard it's a lot it's a lot to lift so um, but fundraising closes that gap and then just get creative about some other income streams income streams so rentals um, i've mentioned before i work at a jewish day school and so the school, um, just sat empty on a Sunday. And then there was a church, um, who was looking for space. And so for many, many years, the, um, cafeteria, um, multi-purpose room and some classrooms were rented to the church. Um, we have a field, um, field rentals. As soon as our practices are over, there's other groups that come on gym rental. Um, there's lots of ways to get creative, to have other income streams, um, especially if you have some decent facilities at your school. And so, before we move on to the wings, just, you know, again, we've got the cockpit with the pilot, the leader, that's you. We've got the right engine with marketing. We've got the left engine with sales of our um, of our service that is providing an excellent education for these children. Um, and, you know, the, the sales is really the getting the kids in the door, and I'm going to talk about the service in a moment when it comes to the wings. So sales really just has to do with that income of money, and then moving on to the wings, it is the thing that gives your plane lift. So we've got all of this aerodynamics, got all this figured out, right? So the plane, um, the engines thrust, the wings help provide lift, and that's what gets this giant piece of metal off the ground and flying thousands of miles through the air. And so the wings are the most, one of the most, if not the most important part of the airplane and your service that you provide, educating kids and doing an amazing job with that is probably the most important part of our school, keeping kids safe and making sure they get a good education is the most important thing that we do. And so that's what we, that's what we provide. That's what, that's our service. And so we want wings that are large and light and strong because wings that are large and light and strong provide more lift. If you have tiny little wings, just picture that for a moment, this big giant, um, airplane, um, like a Airbus, you know, 737. and It's got these tiny little wings. Okay. It's never getting off the ground. So, this requires you to figure out the right mixture of services and programming and sports and the spring musical and you know all of these different things and just kind of like then consider, well, are these things going to provide lift or are they going to provide drag? Um, and so you know' you, don't, you won't need a huge thrust from your engines. Um, if you're, if you're, and you'll be able to get the, the, the big airplane off the ground, um, if you know, you've got strong, large and light wings. So my point is the engines don't have to work as hard if you've got nice big wings. And the way we get nice big wings on our airplane is to have an amazing reputation that we are providing an outstanding education as a service. We're keeping kids safe and um, we're doing a great job. Okay, so we've got the cockpit, the the pilot. We've got the right engine marketing, the left engine sales, the wings, um, the service that we provide, which is educating kids. And now we come to the body of the airplane. This is where the passengers sit. This is where all the cargo goes. This is where all the luggage goes. This is the heaviest by far part of the airplane, and this is overhead. So overhead in a business um, are all of the costs of doing business. And so what does that entail? Well, it's like salary, benefits, rent, mortgage, energy bills, water bill, food service, internet, toner for the copy machine, mulch for the playground, basketball refs, field trips, everything. Okay, and so all of that overhead, you know, it's curriculum, desks, furniture, pencil. Okay, you get the idea. The more overhead that a business has, the heavier it is. And the more thrust and lift it requires to keep it up in the air. And airplanes aren't going to fly very high or very long if they're not light and lean. And that's what we want to be with our biz school as a business is light and lean. So there are all kinds of things that we must have, but really, what we want to start to do is look at those things that do we really need to spend money on this? Do we really need to spend money on that? And so, a good financially responsible leader is always looking at ways to reduce overhead so that all of it works together. And I think you are starting to really latch on to this analogy is that you know you've got your engines and you've got your thrust and you've got your wings. They don't have to work as hard if the plane isn't as heavy. And I'm not saying you need to get rid of teachers. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm I'm just saying that you need to know what's going on and you need to know what is bringing value to the school? What's increasing tuition? What's increasing retention? You know, is, is your school small and you don't have a sports program and you're losing kids because they want to play sports? That's something you need to think about. You know, do we want to invest? You know, think about spending and investing. You need to think about them as kind of two different things. Um, you know, so, you know, do you have a music, a performing arts school nearby and your arts program is underfunded and you don't have much of an arts program and you're losing kids to the performing arts school or to the public school because they have a school play and they have a band and they have this and that. And I'm not saying you can just throw money at it and all of a sudden snap your fingers and you have an arts program, but I'm just saying these are the things you need to think about through the lens of overhead and how that all works together with sales, marketing, and the service that you provide. And so the more your overhead increases, the more weight you add to the plane, the more stress you put on marketing, sales and fundraising. That's just true. You know, you you got to raise tuition, you got to increase the fundraising. And you know, sometimes it's just that constant battle to try to make it all balance and all work out. And so, as a school leader, I recommend that you and Donald Miller also recommends that you want to filter every single decision through this question. How will this decision affect overhead? And so if you kind of keep in mind, and I mentioned this a moment ago, replacing a spending mentality with asking the question, how will the money I'm about to spend on the business generate lift or thrust? In other words, if it doesn't generate lift or thrust, then that decision falls into a spending category rather than an investment. And so you know, the more that you spend on your business, on your school, the heavier and slower your airplane is going to become. If you spend more than you invest, your plane's going to crash. Okay. And I hope you're still following. It's, it's just the, the idea of watching that overhead, making sure that you've got a handle on expenses, a system Um, You're minding the store, you're paying attention, you've got reports that are coming in, you know how to read those reports, even if they're basic, so that you can keep things moving along. The last piece of the plane is the hidden part, and it's one of the most important parts, and that's the fuel. The fuel is cash flow. And as obvious as it may seem, if you run out of fuel, your school as a business will crash. If the airplane runs out of fuel, it is either not going to take off or it runs out of fuel while it's in the air, it's not going to go very far and it's going to have a really hard time landing. So cash flow is simply accessible money in the bank. And cash flow is the fuel for your business. And managing it might be the most or one of the most important jobs that you have when it comes to running your school as a business. Managing cash flow. Getting reports weekly. What's the cash flow? What's accessible? What are the upcoming bills that need to be paid? And you're like, Well, hold on, I got that's that's the job of my, you know, accountant, my, you know, finance person. Good. You know, if you have that person and they're on it and they're really good at it, great. But they still need to be reporting to you so that you know what's going on. And I made that mistake in the past where I put too much trust in, um, you know, in, a, in the per, the finance person many, many years ago and just kind of wasn't paying attention and then got some surprises. So I don't want that to happen to you. Um, and so... Your school should never, ever run out of money. It should never, ever be a surprise. And you should always know when money is coming in and where it's coming from. And if you have, we're all nonprofits. And so I guess that's maybe not true. Maybe there are some for-profit schools out there, but most of us are nonprofits. So if you have a a profit or if you have an overage, if you exceed the budget, then you put that away. That goes to cash reserves for the future, for that rainy day. You should never be surprised by taxes. Um, you know, even with nonprofits, there's, there's some weird things that come along. It's just trying to not be surprised. And, and if you have a really good finance person, that's what they're for, is to stay on top of all of these things. But knowing in real time your cash flow situation is one of the most important parts of your job as a school leader. And then the last thing is, what makes all this happen? What ties all this together? I'll just say it three times. Budget, budget, budget. Maybe I'll say it three more times. Budget, budget, budget. Ties it all together. Think of your budget in two ways. Now, the first one is the most obvious one, which is oversight. To know what's going on, to know if that person that's asking to go to that conference, is there enough money in the PD budget for them to go? the librarian is asking for new shelves for the library. Is there money in the library budget for that? If the answer is yes, there's money, great. If not, then the answer is no to the shelves, okay? Oversight. But then the second part of it is to keep all parts of the plane in proportion. Think about it that way. That's what the budget is for, is to keep all the parts in proportion. If the overhead gets too high, if the plane gets too heavy, If there's not enough thrust from tuition dollars and fundraising to keep it in the air, then your plane crashes. Why do you think they weigh all the checked bags? The pilots and the engineers, they know exactly how much weight is in the cargo. They might not exactly know how much every passenger weighs and how much every carry-on weighs, but they are estimating that, and then they are pretty exact on how much weight is in, the, is in cargo. They know how much that plane weighs. And so we need to know where we stand, and that comes with the budget. And so as a head of school, it's your responsibility to make sure that overhead costs do not exceed sales and fundraising, bottom line. And so for example, let's say that some people want new office furniture and new carpet and you know, update the office and make it look more modern, okay is that going to increase tuition dollars, recruitment, retention, fundraising? Or is that same amount of money or similar amount of money that you could spend on a complete redo of the office that you started it on a small robotics program or a robotics club, what does that do to retention and to recruitment? So you see what I mean. Everything has to be viewed through the lens of oversight, and keeping all parts of the plane in proportion. All right, let's wrap it up. What are the big takeaways from today's episode? Your business is like an airplane, and your business is your school. And I know we don't like talking always about our school as a business. It's a warm, loving community where we educate children, and that's true. But if we don't treat it like a business, we're not gonna get the privilege of doing That for very long because our school is going to close. The cockpit is you, the pilot, the leader. The right engine is marketing. The left engine is sales and fundraising. The wings are the service we provide, which is teaching kids and keeping them safe. The body is the overhead. The fuel is the cash flow. And the budget, we're going to look at it as oversight and as keeping all parts of the plane in proportion. So, your call to action. Take 30 minutes in the next week. Draw a simple diagram of an airplane using the analogy, and it'll all be listed there for you in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 65. Draw out the diagram. Label the parts. You decide which area needs the most attention and then decide one action that you will take to improve that area of your school. Take 30 minutes in the next week to do that. All right. Just to wrap it up, I've created a free resource for you called the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader. It's a six page PDF that can be a game changer for you. And I guarantee you, if you do these six things, your teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. You can get that free guide at the privateschoolleader.com guide. And I already asked you to shoot me an email if you're getting value from the podcast, mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode. And I am on Instagram at the private school leader and Twitter at the PS leader. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and all the amazing work you're doing at your school. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I'll see you next time right here on the Private School Year Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.